This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Al and Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Al and Jerry's post-game podcast. All right, we go. Midweek podcast on a Wednesday. Al Dukes, what's up? Oh, hi, Jerry. Do you think I could successfully replace a ceiling light in my bathroom? Yes. You do? Absolutely. I'm trying to think if I have confidence in myself to do it. Yeah, lefty, loosey, righty, tidy, and you're good to go. I, I Googled it online uh, this morning to see what you have to do. And the first thing, of course, is turn the circuit breaker off in the bathroom. Are we talking about a whole like whole fixture? No, just like, well, yeah, like, uh, yeah, not a light bulb, Jerry. I need to, like, change out the, the fixture. Yes, you can do that. You cut, you absolutely cut the power off so you don't have to right. worry about electrocuting shocking yourself myself. or shocking yourself. And then you're good to go. I uh, Just follow along what with the What do you rules. do with those wires? Like, uh, there's all wires in there. Yeah, I would you, be embarrassed to, to call an electrician, though. To... I agree. You just you line them up yeah. side by side. You twist them together together you cap them not that it's really that's actually what see i there's things that i will try in the house yeah and if it doesn't go so well i'll call my guy who comes over and helps me out your handyman yes but i will try things electric is one thing i won't screw around with however things like a ceiling fan a light fixture those to me are things you can cut the power and i i just don't it's not like i don't know i don't like that's not enough electricity to kill me right no, not at all. Plus, if you cut the power or you turn a circuit breaker off, you don't have to worry about that happening either. Right. Um, I just think if you follow along and you can go to YouTube and watch a video, it'll tell you exactly what to do. Yes, that's what fine. I saw. YouTube I, videos and step-by-step instructions online. I, just I don't think, think I can do it. Any electric work is serious. I'm not saying it's not. Yeah. But I think that's some of the less complicated stuff that a beginner can do. Yeah. So I did order a light today on... Um, on Amazon, because in the place where I'm in now, they have a beautiful fixture on the ceiling of the bathroom, right. but it's so large that it's just – my head just clears it when I go in there. Right. So I wanted to get something that's more flush up against the ceiling so it makes the bathroom appear larger. Yeah, I don't blame you. You can yeah. absolutely do that. There you go. That's a great Wednesday afternoon project for you. Well, I don't know if I'll do it today. I got no. I, I ordered it, the thing, so I have it. It's now – Something that I'm going to do because I have placed the order. Understood. Uh, secondly, uh, someone did something to me on Twitter, which I which I thought was very good, very funny, or very it, it's a it's a great way to combat people. 
Okay. And he did it on me. I never thought to do this, but it was a great idea. You know how, like, I get if you get annoyed at people, we just we mute them because we don't block them. Because if we block them, then they get some sort of pride in the fact that they were blocked. Absolutely. Okay. So, you have you ever dealt with lists on Twitter where you have like a list, like you create a list on Twitter, like um, you could create a list that that might say like beat writers, and in there you put just the beat writers stuff so that it's not in your regular feed it's in your beat yeah, writers I, i've feed. never done any of that but i've seen it i don't know what it does so right okay. so that's what it is it, it just creates a list so that it's not in your regular feed like okay my friend paul used to have a list of like jersey shore people right so it was everybody from the jersey shore um all of their twitter feeds and so when you want to see it, you go to the list to see yes, it. Yes, you go to the list to see it. Right. And if you don't want to see you don't. I, I've been – and when you get put on a list, you get a notice in your Twitter notices that says so-and-so added you to the list, you know, NFL beat writers. Right. Hold on. Come here. This dog is nuts, Jerry. I tried to give her something to play with. <laughs> I tried to give her – you know those packaging, those things that come in the packages, the uh, the bubble, air bubble things? Yeah. So I was like, oh, she might like to play with that. So she was just diving on him, having a good time. Then she couldn't get the plastic out of her mouth. She was just freaking out. Be careful. You don't want her eating plastic. That's a good point. You'll end up at the vet, and you will be paying for it. You're right. If I see her poop poop plastic, now I'm going to be in trouble. (laughs) Anyway, so if you get put on a list, you get get a a thing in your notifications. Right. Like so-and-so liked your tweet, so-and-so retweeted you, so-and-so added you to a list, New York beat writers. (laughs) <laughs> some guy yesterday i got a notification it said you know mike smith added you to the list racists <laughs> oh jesus i just thought though what a funny thing to do like if somebody's sucks on twitter you could create your own list of like j- jackasses like <laughs> <laughs> al dukes has added you to the list of twitter losers <laughs> Dorks, <laughs> Twitter dorks. I was like, "Wow, what?" That of all my years of being on Twitter, and those lists have been a thing for years and years and years. That's the first time somebody's added me to a list of something negative that wasn't just like WFAN personalities. So I wow. thought that's very creative. That that is very creative. That the one thing laugh. I did, the one thing I did once, and it worked because I think I confused people. Yeah. Um, Back in the day, I've gotten to the point I don't even fight, but I don't care. You yeah. say something, I'm not even looking at it. I'll read it and I'll move on. I'll either mute you or whatever. You, you, who cares? Uh, but back in the day, I, I was just I would reply with just weird <clears throat> song lyrics, with for no reason. Yeah. So if someone was just being a jackass on Twitter to me, instead of responding to what they they wrote, yeah, I would just come up with the most strange odd lyrics from a song that just made no sense alternative rock lyrics from the 90s it could no it could be from anywhere like i would google strange song lyrics oh and then lists of hundreds of songs would come up and i would kind of go through them oh i like that and i would just reply with that and then i would get back question marks (laughs) i would get back did you read what i wrote you (laughs) what does this mean and then from there i would ignore them and it was actually i enjoyed it for a while and then I'm like, eh, I kind of gave up on that too. But that yeah. was fun for a little while. I thought that right. was good. We just got to entertain ourselves. So I might be, I might create a list of called Twitter losers just so I could, I could say Al Dukes has added you to the list of Twitter losers. How about uh, 
tweet bags. <laughs> Twitter douchebags. Altux has added you to the list. Twitter douchebags. So whoever added me to the uh, Twitter uh, list, uh, racists, uh, that I I did find that humorous and a good way to combat people. So uh, thank you for that, I suppose. All right. Uh, secondly, uh, Gio was talking today about the ice cream man. Yeah. You know, the um, the ice cream man uh, in the neighborhood. And yep. it reminded me, when, when we were younger, back when my friend uh, Paul used to work at the, at the video store, before Blockbusters and all that stuff, where mom-and-pop video stores were where you rented things from, right? Right. And every one of, most of those places had an adult porno section. Right. So we had a guy that would go through both Paul's neighborhood and my neighborhood who was not the ice cream man, but he was the ice man. He sold Italian ices. Yeah, sure. But he did it with a push cart. He, he manually walked this cart. Through Around the neighborhood? Various neighborhoods, yeah. So this guy must have been in terrific shape. It's a great as, idea for exercise. Yeah, he would push this ice cart. But it really threw me off when my friend Paul told me that uh, he came in and rented pornos. Oh, and I don't know why it threw me off, because why couldn't the Iceman watch a porno? It doesn't he make him could. a child molester. No, it doesn't. It's just you don't want to see a guy that's interacting with right. kids all the time. Yes, yes, that, that was it. Keep it private and don't, you can't, oh, that's, but then again, how do you keep that private back in the day? That was back the in the way day, to get those, right? the only way to do it is you have to go rent a porno from a place where you're not delivering, where you're not the Iceman. Yeah, right, he would have needed to go eight towns over. Right, you can't go in the same town where you're the ice man and rent no. a porno. That's a bad one. That'd be like if the uh, the ice cream man was doing that, or you saw your principal, your your you know your kid's school <laughs> right. principal again. He's, not, he's he's legal. He's not doing anything wrong. Right, he's allowed to watch porno. Right, I don't want to see my ice cream man watching porno. No, that or would my be ice man. Because that's all I would think about whenever I would see him in the street. Yeah, I'm sure. I'd be like, this guy was just watching porno right before he headed out with uh, these Italian ices. You know, it's funny because he was Greg mentioned that this morning about the ice cream man, and we got yeah. we got one that goes around the neighborhood. There's a couple of them, but the one guy he drives so damn fast. <laughs> it's like, dude, slow down if yeah. you want us to catch you. And yes. I'm not running after him. And then there's one that does two miles an hour, and this guy does thirty. It's ridiculous. You need an in between guy. Yeah, exactly. Does the it's ice cream really... man take credit cards now? I don't know the answer to that. I've never, I've never tried. They should take everything. Ven- if I was an ice cream man, I'd take Venmo because a lot of Venmo kids use Venmo. I'm trying to sell my one of my, my. I told you my blow up batting cage. Yeah. And one guy was interested. Ultimately, his wife said no because of the pandemic and there were their uncertainty of his job. Right. But but while we were having the discussion online, you know, the email exchange back over there was Facebook Messenger. Um, he he's like, you know, can I just pay by Venmo? It's the easiest thing. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yes, yeah. please. Because that money's done, exchanged, and in my account. That's good. Is there a way for people to scam us on Venmo? Where I'm sure there is. Like, I want to sell my furniture, right? So if someone says, I'll Venmo it to you, is there a way for them to scam me where they Venmo me money and then take it back? I would certainly. Uh, I would think so. I mean, nothing would surprise me in this right. day and age, to be quite honest. I Somebody don't know. let me know. I'm sure someone will. And if they haven't figured it out, be ready. It's coming. The Venmo scam of 2020 just adding to the pile of crap that this year is. I hope you didn't accept Venmo for your furniture that Uh, you sold because that is a scam. Did you actually sell anything? Nothing yet. I just yesterday went up there and took photos. Oh, you did? It's a very slow process, yeah. How long? When when are you out of the apartment? June 19th, I have to be out. 
Oh, I thought it was August 19th. Well. Did you work out a deal? Not yet. I'm hoping June 19th. Oh. When is your lease up? August 19th. (laughs) 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 Okay. Uh, Well, good luck with that. That's right. Then tell me whether you think this is strange or not strange. I have, uh, and this isn't the part that I'm asking strange or not strange. You'll you'll see the part what I'm asking. I joined a, you know, the the Greyhound Friends of New Jersey, where I adopted my dog from. Right. They have a Facebook group page. Okay. It's very helpful. People say, "Hey, this is your Greyhound ever pooped to orange? What does it mean? You know, it, it's a it's a it's a good resource for." Greyhound owners. Especially a new Greyhound owner, yes. A new Greyhound owner, exactly. And old Greyhound owners like to like to give you their wisdom on dogs. And I'm sure there's Facebook groups for everything these days. All good, okay. All good. So I had, um, my, my dog really seems like she wants to run fast in a in a gated area. Like she okay. seems to be jonesing for that. And so I would like to let her do that, but I, I don't have anywhere to take her. So right. I went on the forum today and I asked, "Is there a uh, is there a dog park that we're aware of that has a big fenced-in area that you've taken your greyhounds to? That's great." So, it was cool. People were like, "Yeah, try this park here." It was a great resource. Yeah. Two different people, Jerry, women, offered for me to come to their homes and let my dog play with their dogs in their fenced-in backyard. I think that's awesome. You've got uh, wonderful friendships brewing. So you With think it's not sex. weird? Uh, I think it's going to be weird for your girlfriend. She found it odd. Yeah. As I found it odd also that people would want strangers in their backyard. As str- I would agree with that, but I guess it's such a close-knit community. I guess they yeah, feel good about it. Yeah, we're very close-knit, Jerry. It's a very close... You, you and Gina wouldn't understand. We're a close-knit community. And in fact, Jerry, they called them playdates. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Listen, to, look at what you've gotten yourself I know. into. I know. This is what I'm saying. Oh, I would love for your greyhound to come over and have a play date with my two dogs. And while they're outside, why don't you come inside and see my place? (laughs) (laughs) Is anybody else invited or is it just you and the dog? I don't know. Mm. You know what you could do? You should respond. Gina comes with me. You should respond by saying me and my girlfriend would love to come by with the dog. Yeah. Yeah, See if you get silence. (laughs) Jerry, I don't need to tell you this. I don't need to tell you this, but they're not like exactly lookers. You know, oh, is I mean? that true? Yeah, so that's true. <laughs> not exactly bikini models asking me to come over to their house and play with the Greyhound. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, actually, that's, that's better, though, to be quite honest. You don't need that. You just you no. don't need Who it. Who needs that in their life, Jerry? Who needs the hassle? Yeah, you're, you're good. You are good. That, just, that is actually really funny. You know, you can always, you know, use our yard if you're ever in the oh, neighborhood. Interesting. Yeah. The Reco House. Maybe set it up. Set up. What if we did this? I know you're doing the Reco Family Sports Challenge. You you and your kids race my dog. <laughs> <laughs> in a circle around the backyard. How about this? We'll raise the dog and then we'll raise you and ask the audience if they can tell which is the difference. <laughs> <laughs> which is the thin dog running around? <laughs> Which one is it exactly? Yeah, I don't. I don't know so much that I'll be doing that. But, yeah. Um, but yeah. And you know how you said welcome. like you, like your cats sometimes like yeah, you would tell me like uh, that your cats woke you up at midnight. R- do racing, laps around that. Doing yeah. laps around the house. It's unbelievable. Yeah. 
it, like this dog last night, she woke me up at 12:30 to go poop outside. Like you're kidding I me. Thought she was on a schedule. Like that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> that was totally awesome. <laughs> I can't wait till it's eight degrees in that. Happens. I know. That's I know. My mother said to me, she goes, "Are you? Do you regret getting her?" I go, "No, no. It's everything's great." I go, "Listen, talk to me in January. I'm sure it's going to be a nightmare when this dog wants to go out at three o'clock in the morning and it's four <laughs> degrees outside and the wind is blowing off the ocean." <laughs> Man, you are not kidding. That is going to be rough. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of hoping that she would. Uh, Maybe she'll get into a, a good habit by then. You better hope so. I hope so. I do hope so. When twelve thirty, you must have been like, "What do you want?" Yeah, I kept going like this. Lay down. Who I'm saying that? Why I'm whispering? Because I'm the only one in my house. Lay down. Lay back down. But she kept whining, and I was like, "Oh man, if this dog has diarrhea in my bedroom, I'm gonna regret not getting up." And she did go to the bathroom when I took her out. So now had it she done. Wanted. Had she done number two yesterday? Oh, she, she this dog poops four times a day. You're kidding me. No. What are you feeding her? I only feed her twice a day. The dog, the, you know, the nice dog food, quality dog food products. Wow. She goes right. 4 a.m., uh, 11 a.m., 4 p.m., and 8 p.m. She goes four times a day. Jesus. And yeah. apparently, and midnight. <laughs> she poops more than she pees, this dog. Oh, wow, that's what's weird. Going on? Yeah. Well, good luck with that because uh, if I look at the time right now, you, you got about a half hour before yeah. you got to go for a nice long walk. Uh, yep. And then uh, we're gonna go uh, to the. I'm gonna take her to dog park today. See what goes on there. But if she gets attacked by another dog, Jerry, there's gonna be a lawsuit, and I'm gonna need to get a lawyer on the phone. So if there's any lawyers about dog bites, dog attacks, reach out to me now in case something happens in the future. All right. Well, good luck. Right, Have Jerry. a wonderful day, and uh, you we will too. see you on a Thursday. Oh, Thursday. I love a Thursday. Thursdays are um, good. Yeah, and the warm-up show is next. It was a good one today. See ya! Good morning, campers. It's the warm-up show with Alan Jerry, the shortest show on WFAN. A couple minutes after 5 o'clock on a Wednesday morning. Still unrest in our country. We've got coronavirus in the Japan Baseball League. Good times, no doubt. And we've got um, an asteroid that is plummeting towards Earth. Why the hell not? Al Dukes, how are you? Oh, hi, Jerry. What's, what's the story with an asteroid coming towards Earth? Where is it going to hit? Which the, part of the Earth? Well, they're saying that it Australia? Is, angling, is angling towards the Earth. Earth, but it okay. will uh, be within 13. This is what's funny about the story. Yeah. It's the closest we've seen one that's going to pass by us since the one that wiped out the dinosaurs. It's going to be 13 million miles away. Yeah, we always get threats of asteroids being 13 million miles away. And the asteroid's not hitting the Earth while we're still alive. Correct. They do say, though, we have to be concerned in 2024 when it returns around again because it could be even a little closer. 2024, like in four years, 2024? Like in, four, like in four years, yes. And it's the size of the Empire State Building is what NASA is saying. Here's not, what's not going to happen in our lifetime, Jerry. The asteroid is not hitting the Earth. The oceans are not taking over our Jersey Shore or Long Island towns. Or Florida, I don't think. Or Florida. Uh, the big earthquake is not going to split uh, California off of the United States and into the ocean. That one does concern me. I'm not going to lie, but I hope I hope you're right. But not in our lifetime. I hope you're right. Because our lifetime, Jerry, is very tiny compared to all the other 
years that the Earth was the Earth. Which has been my argument all along about aliens. What have they been doing for a billion years? Right. Now, because we're here, now they're going to come down and get us? And we all have cell phones now. We all could get the aliens if they landed and we saw their spaceships. That is no very one true. ever gets a good shot of the space aliens. Very true, which other is why than, they're UFOs, because we don't know what the hell they are. Other than the Navy, who did get, although they had crude equipment on that uh, airplane. Right. Uh, with the Where you could see that they were. And the other thing, why does the Navy have airplanes? <laughs> I, I, it's weird, Air Force right? of boats, I don't know. I don't know. Good question. No, Thank no, the you, Jerry. I'm covering it all. Jerry, does this really count as sports returning? Uh, the Belmont Belmont Park today will have uh, races well, starting at 1.15. It's been 80 days if since you're a, a huge live race sporting guy, event. Yeah, yeah, the problem with this is it's horse racing one. It's really gambling. And I know the casinos in Vegas, yes. I believe, are opening up this week. Um, see, I've I've always... Been is horse racing really a sport? It's kind of like the the is golf a sport argument? Horse racing is you know car driving sport. It's I mean I don't know I guess I mean I I'm not I like going to the races once in a while, but I'm not like a Malusis or a Monzo where I'm locked into it every day. For guys like that, this is a big deal. For you and I, not a big deal. But so good you, for Belmont, it's a step, it good for you. Step in the right direction, absolutely. So you think Moose and Monzo this morning, an extra pep in their step because they've got horse racing back in yes, New York. I do because I saw Monzo post something about the uh, the opening card, and I didn't realize it was oh. for today, but he was very excited that the horses that were in the field. And we know that Moose, when we saw his uh, WFA and Cribs episode, Coronavirus Cribs, we do know that Moose has a television in his, what appears to be his dining room, dedicated to horse racing. <laughs> yes, horse racing around the world. You know what around I've seen? Around the world, Monzo? yes. So Monzo doesn't live far from me. And I've passed by his house four or five times in the last, you know, whatever, last week or so. Now, he's working from home. And I'm not, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. It's not that he's not working. He's out there with an iPad. He's got his notebook. His phone's attached to his ear. He's doing his job. But it's funny how the last four or five days I've driven by, and he's out on the on the porch with no shoes on and shorts, <laughs> sunglasses on <laughs> during his shift. But again, he's got he's got his notebook, he's got his iPad, he's listening to the program, he's got his phone making calls. <laughs> it's just funny, like, look at you, you're working. That doesn't look terrible. No, it's a pain in the ass. Like they he's committed to that mystery guest at one o'clock yes. every day. Oh my yeah. god. That would give me so much agita trying to think of who to get and to make sure they're they're available at one o'clock. Well, who? Let me ask you this: Oof. How many guests do you run through? It's kind of like you did your podcast for what two years, and you got to a point like, now who do I interview? <laughs> yeah, now what do I got? Like, at what point does he run out of get? Like yesterday, and I thought the timing was really good because of what's going on with the NBA. John Minko's friend Tim Capstraw was on yesterday. Tim Capstraw. Yes. So he's run through a lot of New York people and some national people. At one point, is like. All right, I don't think I get LeBron on. I don't know where to go from here. <laughs> Guys, I've got nothing left. Right. You've taken it all from me. Here comes Frank Isola, although he was on with them last Frank. week already. Uh, and yesterday, let's just do an update, Jerry, to a story we brought you yesterday where you and I, it almost became a brouhaha. If this were a baseball game, you would have thrown high and tight <laughs> you know, when I came up to bat or maybe even plunked me in the buttocks in the butt cheek. <laughs> but Jim Dolan, Jerry, did come out against racism in a follow-up note, 
quote, we vehemently condemn and reject racism against anyone, period. Well, what I thought he actually did, uh, more than that, was the following paragraph was how he believes it's got to start within. Like, he gave a reason for what he believes how you change things. Is that right? What did he say? I only read the first paragraph. (laughs) He basically just said that if you want to make change, it's got to start, and I'm I'm paraphrasing because he didn't use these words, but it's got to start within the home. And in his case, it's got to start within the garden with the people that they employ, with the way the employees treat one another. And then you hope that that kind of funnels out and that you learn your lessons from within. And I actually thought that paragraph made a ton of Mm. sense, which would have been a much better email to send the first time than what he sent the first time or whoever it was that sent that first email. Um, That, to me, makes sense. That shows what you're doing about it and why you think what you're doing will work, as opposed to, here's why we're not doing anything. (laughs) Right, he could have avoided all that trouble, I I absolutely think he could have avoided it all if he would have put this email out first. That's my opinion, anyway, because... You know, the one thing that is interesting about all this is I have two sons. One's 15, one's 10. The 15-year-old is clearly knows what's going on. He's in high school. We're all good. Um, but my 10-year-old did ask me yesterday, because I've been watching a lot of it, well, what is happening? And, you know, you have the conversation. It starts here, and then it's got to go out. It's, it's got to have, like, tentacles, and people have to, you know, respect one another. The, the lack of respect, for, and whether it, we're talking about race, whether we're talking about jobs, whether we're talking about just being cordial to one another, whether we're talking about social media trolls, whatever you want to talk about, the lack of respect in this country is it is horrific. It really is. From person to person, family to family, within families, outside of families, it's awful. And kids that bully kids, and I mean, all this stuff is just... And here's one other thing I noticed yesterday that, I mean, I guess I've known this, but it really comes to light. We have become a country of extremes. You got politics are extreme left, extreme right. There's no in the middle anymore. Economics, extreme rich, extreme not so rich. There is some middle ground, but not like it once was, and it's kind of fading away, where you either have all the money, you got none of the money. The whole notion of what we're doing is, it's just, it's... Really is amazing. Like I'm, you put on Fox News yesterday, and they they have one theme. You put on MSNBC, and it's like, are we talking about the same thing? It's it really is. Sports is the same. You love a team or or a player, you hate that team or hate the player, and there's no in between. There really isn't, aside from fantasy players, I suppose, because they're trying to make money by winning their fantasy leagues. But God, it is amazing what this country is in terms of extreme. This is why I'm glad I have a dog. Like, my dog will never say to me, what is going on? And then I have to explain. <laughs> you don't talk to Whimsy about it? <laughs> no. So, well, your son, he's just like, what, you know, what, what's yeah. the story here? Oh, my gosh. Where do you begin? Where did you begin? Um, I began with talking about what happened last week mm-hmm. because he did see the video. He walked in. He saw the video. He basically, basically, what the conversation said, he goes, why is he doing that? Okay. Well, <laughs> now we, that, the conversation has begun. And while we were talking... Um, more footage came on about what was happening around the country. And he I could see he had one eye on the TV and one eye on me. And so I explained what happened, why it's wrong, how things like this can happen. And it, it was a good conversation. Listen, he's 10. The right. conversation didn't last an hour and a half. It was probably seven, eight minutes. But at least it was a starting point. Um, and so it, that's a conversation I've never had with him because at 10 years old, I can honestly say, my son never saw black-white. I mean, I don't think he's ever thought about it. 
He watches TV shows on Nickelodeon all the time that have white kids, black kids, Asian kids, and it's never even a thought in his head. They're just kids to him. So this is a conversation now at 10 that we've had that otherwise I wouldn't have until maybe a couple more years down the road. I don't know, or until he came to me, or until you find the time that it's appropriate to do so for no reason. Here there was a clear reason. He asked, we saw it, we talked. I would have felt like a proud parent if that was me, Jerry. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you feel like a proud parent, but you do feel like you're opening his eyes to what the world can be and what it is. I mean, I would be like, look at this, me and my son connected. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I'm very fortunate. I don't feel like I've ever had those issues with either of my boys. Um, We've been pretty good for 15 and 10 years. Uh, But yes, that would have been another way that we quote unquote connected. Yes. Mm -hmm. And the most 2020 story that I found yet, Jerry, it combines all of the horror of 2020, coronavirus. Not the asteroid? Not the asteroid, because <laughs> I really don't believe it's ever coming to Earth. Right, I'm with you. Um, but this one is, uh, where is it? Oh, uh, OSU linebacker, and this name, Jerry, I'm going to screw up. His name is Amen Agban Bemiga. That doesn't sound terrible. I think I nailed that. If you would have said it without pausing, it sounded pretty good. Let me me try that again. I'll say it like a newscaster. I used to tell people that, like, if you, when people didn't know how to say something, just say it confidently. Because you know how, like, quickly. Like, I did that slowly with zero confidence. Right. Not right. But if I went, Jerry, OSU linebacker Amen Agbag Migia (laughs) announced (laughs) that he tested positive for coronavirus. After attending a protest in Tulsa. He did, I huh? Mean, that is 2020 in a headline. Yeah, I'm worried, dude. I you think fit. everyone's getting coronavirus now from this? Although we're, we, you know, we're all, uh, the protests are all very close together. My hope is that this virus has kind of cleared out in a lot of places. Yeah. And that we don't have that transmission and that we can, this will show that we're maybe beyond it, and maybe it is fading away a little bit. I don't, I don't know that it is or it isn't. My fear is that it's going to come back, oh god, in just rampant form, and we're going to be, the hospitals are going to be overrun again, and here we go again. And then all these businesses that are about to open, guess what, are going to be shut down real quick, and we're going to be right back to where we were two months ago. Jerry, and, don't and say not, this. Well, I'm telling you, and here's my other concern. So this player on the Yamiuri Giants tested positive. They got two players positive now as they're going through their spring training. They're supposed to start games in in about a week and a half. How does this affect what's going on here? Is the NBA who's about to make this announcement tomorrow, which sounds great, 22 teams, Coronado Springs, Wide World of Sports, you know, players only. It sounds like a lot of fun, actually. It'll be different. It'll be unique. Are they going to have second thoughts? Is, are the baseball players union now going to say, see, look, player in Japan got tested positive, we're out? You know, Not that, only that, but a lot of uh, there have been a lot of pro athletes uh, supporting the protest in their yeah, towns and where yeah. they play, so they've been exposed to these mass gatherings, and we're yep. all in fugazi masks. Some of us have real masks. Some of us have a handkerchief on our face. Some, some of us don't. have Kleenex tissues. Some have nothing. Some have nothing. And you've got, I believe, didn't Anthony Lynn, wasn't he, didn't he march too? Like, it's not just the players. I right. I think you've got coaches involved too. And now we're, today's June 3rd. So if you if you assume that this goes on for another couple of days, and let's say we're at June 5th, June 6th, now you're two weeks out from that to really have a good understanding of where we're at. 
I'm nervous for the next couple of weeks. I because they said you're June fifth. June twenty second is supposed to be the day that not everything opens. I'm not saying that, but more things, at least in New Jersey, the phase two of things, you know, ramp up. And that's a good thing as long as the numbers stay down. I'm concerned now that those numbers are gonna start jumping back up and if they do, we're screwed for another couple months. Jerry, phase two in New Jersey, you could get a haircut. Yeah, I saw that. Is that June fifteenth or the twenty second? Is that the twenty second? Because mm, I, had, know. I was had... a little confused. There's two different dates. Yes, the fifteenth is for certain things. I think, I think the salons and the barbershops are the twenty second. I'm pretty sure, and then that's when um, non-contact sports can start too. The twenty like, second. Oh, can you open your league then? Your non-contact. I, I don't see why not. I would think that. I mean, if they're Cornhole. saying. Yeah, baseball, uh, youth baseball can begin to be played practices. I don't think games can be played yet. But June 22nd, we can start having baseball activities, they say, with our teams, as long as it's non-contact. Baseball is. I don't see why I can't put – because I think the number is still, what, 25 is still the gathering total, correct? I believe so, yes. So now I would have to scale it back, but I don't see why we can't have five games going on at once, which would bring 20 people together and keep it completely spaced out, it's non-contact, I think we're good to go. And I desperately need, uh, this is going to sound not manly, but a pedicure. So I go. I go. I was going every couple weeks, and now I have not been able to go, Jerry. But I'm not going to be able to get in and get a pedicure. All all these people are trying to get pedicures. So it's really funny you bring that up, because on Shark Tank two nights ago, and I don't remember, I think it was season, what season are they in? I think they're like season 12, yeah. This was season seven or eight, I believe. I think this was 2015. A gentleman had uh, a new store called Hammer and Nails. And it's it's basically a pedicure manicure shop for men. Nice. And he started with one in California, and his idea was to franchise it out because he thinks it can be a big deal for men around the country. None of them, while they liked the idea, <laughs> they hated the idea of him trying to franchise it out because they thought it was a dead-end street. So I checked it out. He's got 17 of them now. Is that right? What's it called? Hammer and Nails? Hammer and Nails. The closest one to us is in Brooklyn. It's just opening. Well, I don't know if, how it's done with all this. Yeah. But uh, Brooklyn, uh, a site in Brooklyn was coming soon, I think, this summer. But they're all over California. I think he's got a couple in Texas. I think there's one in Arizona. Oh, yeah. I'm looking so, yeah. right here online, Jerry. That's your place. Unfortunately, we don't have one in New Jersey. Why oh. don't you open one? Exactly. You know what? I'm on the website. There's a thing that says hello opportunity start now be a franchise because i'll go. say this like i do it is nice to get your uh feet done first right. of all it feels nice and then like our feet are like disgusting callous yes. dry right you know we're wearing, wearing man shoes jerry all day long and uh when you go into i've gone with gina to get a pedicure and the women in there give you dirty looks and that was exactly what he said he said, you go into these salons and you yeah. don't feel comfortable because no. you feel out of place. Like it's a women's place. And whether that's right or wrong, that's how you feel. So he wanted to create something. But I, I know I've told you this story before. But my God, the Christmas Eve 2000 or 2001, I went to my father with this idea for a men's barber shop. Oh, you did. TVs. Yes, I did. TVs all over the place. Your own your own chair is your own personal space with a little locker type of atmosphere, and you would have a remote control with whatever we would have just sports on, and it was you pick whatever you want to watch. Oh, we didn't do it. He thought it was a dumb idea, and then five years later, sport clips began. 
You're like, that was our idea. Hot towels. It was. I thought it was such a good idea. He thought, he's like, there's a million barbershops. Why is someone coming to you? I'm like, well, because I'm not going to cut their hair. It's the concept. Right. Well, here's your concept, hammer and nails. I'll go in 50-50 with you. Let's get one started. They don't even have one available in, uh, well, New York State you can do one, but you can't do one. They don't have one in New Jersey available. To, right, we can uh, be the first one. Well, why can't we, why can't oh, we contact them? Oh, that's growth opportunities. You're right. Yeah. Who do we get on this, Jerry? Who do we have contact for? Our, have Eddie contact them for us? That way we seem like we're big-time business people and we don't make our own calls. <laughs> Eddie can be our business manager. Because when I've gone in to do the um, the pedicure in a in a in a woman's uh, place, Jerry? Yeah. First of all, like I said, they all give me weird looks. Until I get to my seat and can bury my head in my phone, yes. then I feel comfortable. But I then understand. walking out. You're self-conscious again. Self-conscious again. Now, do you walk out? Well, we take a break, but do you walk out with flip-flops on? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you yeah. do? I was kidding. <laughs> no, no. You're supposed to. You walk in with flip-flops on, and you walk out with flip-flops Ooh. on. You know why they're looking at you? Because they're looking at your feet. <laughs> then they say, <laughs> you look, walk in. <laughs> look how well-groomed this man's feet are. Get those things out of here. Hmm. Uh, we got to take a quick break. We'll be back on the other side with more Boomer and Geo coming up at 6 on a Wednesday here on The Fan. The Morning Warm-Up. All right, 25 after 5 on a Wednesday morning. Wild storms overnight, at least here in Jersey. Not sure what happened in Manhattan. Uh, where the protests did continue yesterday. Uh, but here we are now on a Wednesday as we are marching towards summer and hoping that more players and people do not come down with this coronavirus. And we hope that the good news continues. Al Dukes, what else? You know me, Jerry. I'm all about good news. So interesting thing <laughs> that I uh, I did learn. I feel like I did learn something yesterday, Jerry, through all of this. Uh, all through, right. Through uh, fighting people on Twitter and uh, being angry about things. I feel like I did learn something. Okay. That I, after reading it and listening to it, understood a little more. And I want to share that with you. Please. Uh, yesterday, the, there was a story about um, Sacramento Kings, uh, I think, TV play-by-play guy, right? Grant, Grant Napier, yes. Grant Napier. He, Very good friend of Chris Russo, by the way. I did see a news article where Chris Russo was defending Grant Napier. Okay. Uh, he was uh, he resigned from the Kings play-by-play job and got fired from his radio show. Yes. After backlash for he had tweeted out, all lives matter. Now, to me, I looked at this. I said, why is this such a, yes, all lives matter, right? And then I saw Pete Alonzo arguing Instagram with people on Instagram about uh, when people were writing back to him that all lives matter, not just black lives matter. Right. But then I saw a former Kings player, Andre Miller, saying that saying all lives matter carries a lot of baggage as it's been used by many to try to downplay the specific concerns raised by black lives matter. Yeah, I didn't know this either until the Napier thing came out yes. that it was a almost mocking the Black Lives Matter movement. I did not know. I honestly Me didn't either. know that. Um, and so I learned that as well yesterday. Jerry, we're learning. Yeah. I, I, I Again, and unfortunately, right, wrong, or indifferent, if you're ignorant to the, to the topic, um, that doesn't count. And if you're not sure... You better not. You better not write it, basically, because he is. Uh, but now, what was interesting about that though was Demarcus Cousins and Chris Weber, I guess, were back and forth on social media about this. Uh, and I don't know Grant Napier at all. I don't know him one iota. I just right. know that Russo's friends with him because I remember even going back. My God, 
going back when I was working with Mike and Chris, they would have him on once in a while. And I, again, I'm reading between the lines from what I read, and there were a lot of comments thrown in, but it sounds as if maybe he was a Donald Sterling backer because you had Cousins and Weber basically saying not surprised that he didn't know what that meant or that he was trying to be a jackass. Either one. I'm not sure what the answer is because I don't know any of these guys. Um, but there seems like there's some underlying content there yes. that I don't know anything about. Yes, it did seem like that it, this wasn't an isolated incident that Grant Napier tweeted this out and then got fired for it. It seemed right. like there had been some prior issues between him and some former players in that in the uh, Sacramento Kings organization. Right, right, which is, again, I mean, it's Sacramento. We don't pay any attention to that. We had no idea. Right. So, But, again, reading between the lines didn't look great. And so I did ask my wife if she was interested in moving to Sacramento. And she oh, said, no. Jerry, play-by-play of the Kings. Yeah, it's TV, though. That's oh. not my di- That's not my, not my thing. You're a radio that said, guy. That said, she said no. She said no chance. Yeah, not not Sacramento. No, Sacramento seems lovely. I agree. I like. I you know me. I love California. But I sit here and say, you want to move to Sacramento? There's no way I'm taking my kids out of where they are right now at this stage. Uh, to me, if I was going to move cross country and pick them up and move, you got to do it by the time the oldest one's ten. He's fifteen. He's in high school. He's loving life right now. I'm not. I'm just not doing that. If you were to, to divide California into three parts, uh, northern, central, and southern, and you said, of those three parts, pick the one that Sacramento is in, I, I, I'd be guessing. I would say northern California. Hmm. Isn't Sacramento uh, north of San Francisco? Or is it south of know. San Francisco? I don't know. But it's very close to San Francisco. Like Sacramento, Oakland, San Francisco, I don't think they're – I mean, well, hell, San Francisco and Oakland are a bridge apart. I don't think Sacramento is very far from those, maybe an hour. I just don't know in which direction. It's east and a little north, I think. East so north. I know it's east. Back so when Jim go. Rome uh, back when Jim Rome used to be mean on the radio, and uh, which I always enjoyed, he used to call Sacramento Sacramento because it's <laughs> <laughs> Rome's interesting because he puts, he puts so many guests on his show – Oh my um, gosh, every day, much. which is which is fine, but it is a lot. But he had one on the other day. It was like, and I, I was going to send it to you because I was surprised. It was like the the Alabama, who was it? I got to look now. I want to say it was like the head, maybe the assistant coach of the Alabama football team, or I don't know. Like it wasn't who you think. Like if I say Alabama, it wasn't Nick Saban. It was like an assistant. Yeah, I was like, wow, that's interesting. When and he I does first... get big name guests. I'm not saying he doesn't. Oh, he does, yeah. but some of them he puts on like, okay, that that's in the East Arkansas State basketball coach. Like, wow, okay. When I first found Jim Rome in the late '90s, I think it was like '97, '98. I was covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and all the beat writers down there were talking about this guy Jim Rome, and he was on the the smallest radio station in Tampa, had affiliate that no one I couldn't even find barely on my radio dial. When I turned it on, it was so refreshing. He was so he was very funny and just attacking athletes and couldn't get guests because he just attacked everybody. Not and the it same was anymore. Very funny. No, I I wonder where that transition happened. I think. Well, I can tell you this: if I go back to the Super Bowl in Detroit, which was I believe that was January of two thousand six. I think that was the oh five season, January oh six. I was there with Burkhart, and I had one team, he had the other. And I remember 
we would walk out of the convention center um, in Detroit, and there was one day the chance and the cheers were off the charts as we were walking out. And we're like, boy, I wonder who's coming. And we're thinking, oh, who could that be? Could it be Michael Irvin? Could it be, you know, Lawrence Taylor? Like, what's the biggest name in the NFL that would draw this kind of reaction? And so they had the rope set up for people coming in and people going out. So we're going out. And as we're getting closer and closer to the door, the the chants are getting louder and louder. And he, he, by and large, here he comes. It was Jim Rome. Yeah. And they were in... And the people had signs were in the was the jungle, is that what they call it? The jungle, Jerry, yeah. They we're had the signs jungle. well, we're in the jungle, you know, Rome I forget what all, what they all read, but I remember looking at Kevin like this dude is like legit. Like he is a rock star. It is um so my guess would be the more money, the more fame you get, the relate you know, people now want to come on your show, even yes. if you're attacking others, and once they start coming here's the here's the thing about being a talk show host. And I'm not talking about news or anything. I'm talking about sports. It's sports. it's really easy. It's really easy to pick players apart when you just sit in a studio and you never face them. Yes, eye to that's eye. my favorite kind. It's true. Or if you don't get to know them, that's right. how you can attack, <laughs> attack, attack. Yes. Now show the stones when that player, not on the phone, when that player sits ten feet from you. And is ready to have the conversation with you, or better yet, you cover that player, and you really get to know the guy. Are you going to go bury him when you see the work he's actually putting in and the dedication he has? Are you really going to bury him because he drops a couple of passes on a Sunday? I mean, it's really it's tricky, and so as you get to know these guys, I think you soften that stance in terms of attacking. And my guess would be that's what's happened with him. He's gotten to know a lot of the guys, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But yeah. it's different. It's different. It's the same thing. I feel like that happened with Howard Stern, too. But in, yeah, uh, I, yeah. in the Hollywood, not sports. Right. Because when you don't know them, you sit back and you just judge, judge, judge. Yeah, and that I like. And Judging and attacking. Sudden, you get to know someone, and it's like, well, he's not so bad, is he? Yeah. That's why we don't do a lot of guests on Boomer and Geo. We would rather just badmouth them from afar and never have to face them face to face. It's tough to do, man. It, that's one of the reasons, you know, there's been so many people um, that have come through this business that, you know, some guys are really good, some are okay, some hang on, some really rise to the top very quickly. Tell you what, though, it's the one reason why I have not been. You know, one of these guys that uh, be a talk show host, be a talk show host. Be a, like, I've been in so many locker rooms, and you sit there and watch what these guys do, and you sit there and oh, I can't do that. How am I really going to just kill this guy for missing a free throw with 10,000 people screaming at them? Right. It's hard, man. It really is. What, what, uh, what did Bob Dylan write? Don't criticize what you can't understand. And that goes for all walks of life, the way we should live our lives. But, Man, it is tough to sit in that studio and just attack when you can't do it better. Yeah, that to, that to me, Al, is like, and I have this conversation and argument with my wife often, not often, but enough. Like when you do something in the house, like you go to fix something or you have a project that you do and it doesn't come out so great, not terrible, but not great, and then they judge. It's like, well, here, here's the hammer, here's the nails, here's the drill. You do it better. <laughs> like, come on. Right. I just spent hours on this wall. It, all right, it didn't come out great. I did the best I could. You want to do it better? Do it better. Stop criticizing me. Jerry, if there are any young broadcasters listening, do not become friends with the players. Then you won't want to trash them. 
Yeah. That's sadly, the sadly, you're not wrong. Yeah. You're not wrong. Uh, we got to take our second break of the oh. hour. That means we're getting closer and closer to the guy named Boomer and the other guy named Geo. They're coming up at six on the fan. Al and Jerry. You know, it's funny. We just heard from Karen Stewart. And I sent Al this text the other day. Warm-up show till six o'clock here. Um, that we've got the world basically blowing up, or our country is right now, with all the unrest and protests and, and worse, the looters is more so what I'm what I'm referencing. And you get the tweet from the New York City Parking Department. That alternate side of the street parking is suspended, but you still got to feed the meter. Yeah, because I'm sure they're going to be out walking the streets, checking out your cars. I mean, come on. I mean, give me a break, will you? Right. People are looting stores, and the cop's going to be like, you know what? Let me quickly write a, <laughs> a $65 ticket, ticket for this person's idiot. person's 10 minutes late with their paying for their metered parking spot here in the now, city. We noticed the windshield's been broken through, but doesn't mean it doesn't have to pay the meter. Right. Come on. Now I could put the ticket right on the dashboard. I don't oh even my. have to leave it on the windshield. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I don't know why I found that so comical the other day. Was that yesterday or Monday? Whatever yeah, it's, uh, it was. two days ago, I believe. Oh, God. That's funny. I love anyway. this uh, take from LeBron James, Jerry. I'm a, I'm on board with LeBron James here. Pink, you're uh, the singer who you love. Pink, also furious at... These Instagram models, like Instagram influencers, we call them, Jerry. Okay. They're hot chicks that wear sexy clothing on Instagram, have millions of followers, and then I guess uh, get paid to hold like a, a tube of Crest toothpaste up or something. Sure. They, uh, LeBron James and Pink, separately ripping some social media um, Instagram influencers for going to um, the protests and areas where looting had occurred to take photos for their Instagram. Oh, God. Then there was one woman, Jerry, who stopped and got out of her car. There was a person uh, boarding up uh, windows to a business, and she asked if she could help. Uh, so then she took the drill. <laughs> she took this. the drill just to get a photo. As soon as the photo was over, she gave the guy the, guy the drill back and took off. Uh, dude. They're it, influencers, Jerry. Society sucks. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, what are, what are we doing? Now, this Here is, I am so, helping. This whole social media thing too has just got to be flushed down the toilet. Uh, it, it's just it's the worst. It is the absolute worst. Oh my god! For everything that's good about it, it's ten yeah. times bad the other way. I, there's not even another way to put. I'm telling you, I've been off, and you know this. I've talked to you about this. I've been off Twitter now for really, for the most part, about a month. And it feels fantastic. So you read the Twitter for news. You're not looking at Twitter responses. I read the t- I read Twitter for news before the show. All right. And I keep it up during the show because I have to. Right. Breaking news you need to One, see. Once the show is over, I'm out. You wipe your hands of it, Jerry. And I don't look at it the rest of the day. I'm just I, – I can't deal with it anymore. I have just – I've had enough of it. It's a cesspool of crap. Is basically what it is. Twitter and, did beat me yesterday. Oh, okay. Beat so me you yesterday. were on it. Uh, no, no. I, I, at, t- at ten o'clock, I stopped as well. Last night? No, ten p. No, no, no. Ten a.m. yesterday. Oh, the okay. Show, I was like, you know what? I can't look at my mentions anymore. People are just uh, the vitriol, Jerry. The hate. I couldn't take it for me and my children. Wow, and for you to say that, that must have been something. Yeah, they got me for the day. I, I give Twitter. Before this, I was 48-0 against Twitter. But yesterday, <laughs> yesterday they got me, Jerry. 48-1. You got beaten down I got finally. Beat- <laughs> finally. Finally, Twitter got me yesterday. That is really fun. Coronavirus. It is- 
Uh, it, it's just it's weird to me how something that can be really very powerful and and really productive. I mean, it can be. And we talk about the news breaking um, potential that it has and yeah. has become. I mean, it, it has basically replaced the wire services that we used to use as a business because the reporters are on it. And whether it's right or wrong, and I don't know if I owned a newspaper or a digital company that's putting out content, I don't know if I'd be thrilled with the fact that news breaks on a reporter's personal Twitter feed first. Yes, very strange. They, but I also understand it because if you don't put it out there first, someone else is going to beat you to the punch, for lack of a better term. And so you want to get it out there, and you hope that the reporter gets the credit along with the agency he's working for. But there are so many good things about it. But, boy, I'm telling you, the bad outweighs it most of the time. It really does. It I did is have, uh, just the pits. I did have a fun exchange yesterday with John Heyman, baseball insider. Hey, man. Okay. John Heyman had tweeted out a statement from the Milwaukee Brewers about the, the, the whole situation. And right. I just, I just wrote back to him, oh, I had been waiting for to hear what the Brewers thought of this whole situation. <laughs> <laughs> and then other people were just then diving in on him. What do the Rockies have to say about this? <laughs> Where the Mariners stand? For John Heyman, Heyman gets beaten up every day. <laughs> I'm very curious because he, he did post. That's where I saw right before we came on. Um, I, I put it on and I saw that he posted the two players on the Yamiuri Giants testing positive. Yeah. And I'm sitting there thinking – can someone actually attack him for that? That was right. my thinking. It was just a quick. You're right. He's here's the news. He didn't have a social commentary on it, right? He just put right. out the news. Right now, to me, people in Milwaukee, I'm sure, uh, want to hear that, but no one else really cares about the Brewers. Right. <laughs> and John Heyman is a national baseball reporter yes. who's got hundreds of thousands, if not millions. I'm not sure what his number is, but a lot of people that follow what he posts. And I also believe because he goes on with Joe and Evan a lot. I'm pretty sure he told them um, about a month or two ago that once you go back at him, like in a negative fashion, you're blocked. You're banned. That's it. He doesn't care. So he was wanted, actually wanted... a WFAN employee who uh, was rather flippant about it. <laughs> that was me. Yes. I forget what I was flipping about. Oh, was that true? It was you? Yeah, that was me. We were arguing. <laughs> I forget. That was months ago. I really, I don't even remember what the topic was. Well, the good news is he didn't block you since you were right. able to see what he posted. Um, <laughs> so let me give you a, you tell me, Jerry, give me a guess at John, cause this is interesting. At John Heyman, a national baseball fella. Yeah. Twitter followers. Number of Twitter followers, Mr. John Heyman rounded to the nearest 1000, Jerry. Ooh, you're not giving me, I, okay. To the you want to over 1, under instead? No, I'd rather actually no. I'd rather try and guess. Okay, John Heyman. Let's see. Between his work on Intercom, you're talking he Sports Illustrated. Like yeah. you said, he's on WFAN. He goes on the Score in Chicago. He's on yeah. MLB Network. Oh, I forgot about that. That's right. He's a fan I'm, of Northwestern Wildcats and curb your enthusiasm, according to his bio. I'm gonna go with 525,000 followers. Mm. 618 for Mr. John Hammond. That's it's a good impressive. number. It's a good number. That's a very good number. I'm not, I don't want to get blocked by him now. That is a, yeah, that's a lot a wise, of people, man. I'm not going to be a wise guy to him anymore. That's Jerry, a lot of people. A couple Minnesota Viking linebackers uh, have come out to denounce the NFL's statement yes. regarding its commitment to fighting racial injustice. Uh, the linebackers Eric Kendricks and Anthony Barr saying that the NFL statement was and the saying of the NFL statement, vague answers do nothing. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know what people really want the teams and leagues to say specifically that's going to fix things because I don't know that there's an answer to it. And we want them to make statements as soon as uh, news happens. So I don't know what what these guys are looking for the NFL to say specifically step-by-step what they're going to do to solve issues. Well, I think, and again, this is from reading things. This is not um, what I know, but from what I'm reading and reading between the lines again, yeah, a lot of this goes back to the players do not like Roger Goodell, which we know. I mean, most fans don't like him either. And from what I've read the last day or so, especially after this came out, a lot of this has to do with the fact that they believe the league has banned Colin Kaepernick from signing somewhere and so or blackballed him out of the league. And so I think until they see that change, which I don't think at this point it will, because every day that goes by, he gets further and further away from his prime. I think you've got players that don't trust the league and anything they put out, they're basically going to say drop dead, honestly. So that's me reading between the lines from yeah. what I read after this. That's what it sounds like. Okay, fair enough. I, fair. I, I don't know that there's any statement that Roger right. Goodell is going to put out that's going to satisfy most players. Right. That's what I mean. It's tough. Like, what's on his end of things? What's he, what are they supposed to yeah, put well, I out mean, there? But he's got it. That's a different scenario. I mean, if you look at the way, you know, if you look at the NBA, where the NBA are basically partners with the league, but more than that, when Adam Silver took over and the Donald Sterling thing happened, he didn't shove it under the rug, he attacked it. And that, from you know what I remember, that really showed the players like you know we got a guy in charge that is in charge and he's going to stand for this crap. I don't know that the NFL players feel that about Roger Goodell, whether you know right or wrong, and whatever Roger Goodell and the NFL do outside of football, uh, I don't think it matters in their eyes because of that one instance that we just talked about. I know this: the league does, and this is from going back when I was covering the Giants and the Jets and the early and mid two thousands and being around it a little bit. And and also my work with the Cowboys and Compass Media Networks because I see what they do in the community. The work these guys do that the teams and the leagues initiate is outstanding. Now, unfortunately, because it's not bad news, we don't care about it and we don't talk about it. But they do do a lot of good things in the communities. But this is a different instance now. And I think when you put that statement out and the players feel the way they do about him, it's just noise. So overall, you would say the NFL players do not like Roger Goodell. Correct. NBA players do like Adam Silver. I think they love him, yeah. The hockey players, who's the hockey guy, Jerry? Gary Bettman. Gary Bettman. They like him or don't like him? No, I I don't. I think they like him. I've never seen anything where the players, you know, can't stand their commissioner. I've never seen. And then baseball? They don't trust. They don't. I don't know if I don't know if it's Rob Manfred as much as it's the owners. That's a good question. Gotcha. They don't trust the owners. That we know. But I don't know about Manfred. And, you know, what happens in the next week or so may go a long way in that. And also the next negotiation will have a lot to do with that. Let's put Adam Silver in charge of all the leagues then. (laughs) Consolidation, Jerry. It's happening in businesses across the country. Yeah, you can make Adam Silver the commissioner of pro sports. (laughs) Yes, right. (laughs) All pro sports have to go. And, like, he'd be like, I got to waste my time with lacrosse, this lacrosse league. Al, look at it this way. If Roger Goodell makes $40 million a year just to run the NFL, Adam Silver could make a buck 50 (laughs) to be in charge of all of them. Absolutely. (laughs) 
There's no doubt. Oh my God, that would be some job. Hmm. That way, there was. I was listening to Rick Wolf a couple of weeks ago. He made Rick a great Wolf, point. Yeah. Yes, I do. I actually, that's Rick Wolf is part of my Sunday morning routine to go is out and get right? the bagels and the coffee, and I listen to him for about so a half he, hour. He chooses what, one topic a week uh, and youth delves sports. into it. You, yes. Oh, youth sports. Okay, he does youth sports, and he does usually pick a specific topic because only it's an hour and it goes quick. Um, but he actually. Uh, put the question out there, like, who's in charge of youth sports? And he's proposing that there should be a youth sports commissioner. I'm in. <laughs> Sign me up. How do I get that job? <laughs> I'm Jerry Recco, youth sports commissioner. But I'm not doing it for free. That's a job, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. All right, one final break, and then we got Boomer and Gio right. right now, our radio.com sports minute. Is it Amy, Eddie? It is. It is Amy Lawrence. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry, the superheroes of WFAN. we got a couple more minutes for you till we get to Boomer and Geo at 6. Uh, just a couple of the headlines. we got the NBA tomorrow with this vote for their return to play plan. You've gotten baseball negotiations continuing. There was some positive movement uh, with the Players Association liking the regional uh, schedule that I guess they're proposing. You've got two Yamayuri Giants coming out with COVID-19 in Japan, so they canceled their practice game. We'll see what goes on after that, and uh, other stuff continues around the country. What else, Al? Jerry, I read some shocking news yesterday. It was so shocking. So shocking, Jerry, you know, with the coronavirus taking away our summer concerts and concert tours and all that thing. Yeah. I saw Elton John is hurting financially because what? his tour was canceled. This guy's what? living paycheck to paycheck? No chance. Elton freaking John? Guys, it got Isn't hit after worth... hit after hit. I would think Elton John's got to be worth a billion dollars. Me too. One billion dollars. And doesn't he, wouldn't you think with all the music he's written, he's got royalties yes. coming in every single month? <laughs> yes. This guy must have some uh, uh, some lifestyle to keep up. So I guess you're going to tell me he was going to bank all this money from this tour and just live on that? Because this was it, correct? <laughs> right. Right. This was his final tour. So basically he ruined his 401k. Right. Uh, Elton John. Ellen John's well, I, gonna have to get a get a, a job like you know like when uh, like I always tell my dad he should go work at like Home Depot because yes. he's fixing things. Elton John's gonna be working at the Home Depot as a retired imagine being, guy. Imagine him being the greeter. <laughs> Hi, I'm Elton John. <laughs> well, you remember when Billy Joel had some financial issues and then he started to just play the garden, uh, you but, know? Yeah, one, but Billy uh, once a but, month. But Eddie, Billy Joel, I believe, got into financial issues because of he was divorced a couple of times. Yeah. Is that not correct? Not only that, like, and then like he was one of those guys that like let his brother-in-law or something handle his finances, Yeesh. and then they got the realized that he stole all his money. Maybe Elton John had all his money stolen. Boy, I'll tell you, what a mess! How does that happen? I really, it's amazing. I heard, I heard Usher. I was Usher. I think it was him somewhere. Usher uh, talking about how you have to be in charge of your own finances and when it comes to money as sad as it is you got to be cutthroat even with your family because they come after you and you don't know if you give them any control over your checkbook you don't know where the money's going and so he take care is, of your chickens yeah yes, take care his, of your chickens his mom instilled that into him once he started hitting it big like you're in charge and you better be in charge and he's never had an issue some of these other people don't do that and they get burned for it and for how some do you reason, handle your money uh, I take care of my own chickens, Jerry. I don't give it to my sisters. I don't give it to my mother. <laughs> no, you're just willing it to them. Start your early morning with Al and Jerry in the warm-up show from 5 to 6 a.m. 